Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Mike. And guys, let me just tell you, I am like legitimately so excited to be here. Like, I don't get to hang out with you guys. I don't get to be up in Dulas with you all all the time. Like, usually my main time I get to spend time with you guys as the youth group is during Beach Week. But, uh... We didn't have that this year, so uh, RIP to that. But I'm glad to be here this morning. Uh, I love when I get the opportunity to be able to uh, come and speak to you guys. And when I was first approached about preaching this Sunday, it was a a few weeks ago, and Cole sent me an email, and in classic Cole Miller fashion, like it was this well-thought-out, funny, dry humor email just inviting me to come preach and just how this was an opportunity of a lifetime that I can't pass up because it's only going to come up once. And so obviously I was like, oh yeah, man, like I'm down. I'm, I'm so ready to come and preach. And so he was like, sweet. Um, he gave me the kind of details of this series you guys are going through. And he's like, okay, so you'll finish it out. And what you're going to preach over is maturity. And I was like, okay, sweet, I'm excited, but you sure you want me preaching on maturity? Like Nick Cannon, you, you, you sent this to the right guy, right? Like you don't want Joel preaching on maturity, you want me to come and preach on maturity. The guy who is the preteen minister who like, it's kind of my job to be immature. Like I hang out with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Like you don't really have to be super mature to uh, connect with them. In fact, it helps being a little immature. But he was like, nope, you're the right guy. I sent it to the right guy. I want you to preach on maturity. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And so here I am, and we're going to be talking about maturity today. But before we really dive into it, we got to ask the question of what is maturity? How do we measure it? How do we uh, recognize that you have reached maturity? Like, how do we get to that point when we know, okay, I am mature? Is it when you turn 18 years old? Do you go to sleep being 17 and then you wake up 18 and all of a sudden, boom, you're mature now? Probably not, right? Uh, Is the measure of maturity when you finally decide, you know what, I'm going to sell my PlayStation, I'm going to sell my Xbox, sell all my video games, and I'm going to buy some golf clubs, and that's going to be my new hobby. Is that the measure of maturity? Probably not. Or is it when you wake up on a Saturday morning and you're like, man, I can't wait to go and mow the lawn. Like, that's what I've been looking for all week. I can't wait to use my Saturday to do that. Probably not. And let me just tell you on a personal matter, like if those are the signs of maturity, then I'll probably never be considered mature. And I'm okay with that in all honesty. But all of those things are maybe ways we do view maturity or people growing in maturity, but that's kind of how the world views maturity. And we're not talking about the world's view of maturity today. What we're talking about is being a mature member of the body of Christ. And see, last week Cole shared this message and he talked about being a body builder. That was his final point. And I love that final point because um, nobody's ever called me a body builder before. Like, I don't know about you, but when I look at myself, I don't think, oh yeah, that guy Nick, he's a body builder. But Cole made the point about how we are all supposed to build up 
the body of Christ, and so that makes us body builders. And so I want to start to where uh, my text is for you guys today. We are in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 12, and it says this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. See, and Cole, Cole talked about that a little bit, right, with his final point of being a bodybuilder, that we're supposed to uh, build up the body. And what I'm saying today is we need to not only be bodybuilders, but we need to be mature bodybuilders. Builders, and we'll we'll understand what that is today. But one of the final things Cole said about being a bodybuilder, a point he made, was that bodybuilders don't just go from like being a scrawny dude to a super swole dude overnight, right? Like if I decided I wanted to be a bodybuilder, I couldn't just wake up tomorrow and have these massive shoulders, these massive legs, these massive arms, and then just go and enter competitions, right? Like, no, it, it would take a few steps. I would have to work out consistently. I would need to go and eat properly, like eat a ton, not, and not just eat a ton, but eat a ton of the right stuff. It would be a process for me to reach that point. And that brings me to my very first point today, which is maturity is a process. It takes time to reach maturity. You see, the literal definition for maturity is having reached the most advanced stage in a process. So you're like, okay, Nick, maturity is reaching the most advanced stage. So if I'm to become a mature member of the body of Christ, what is that, what is that advanced stage? What is the final stage of being a mature member of the body of Christ? And it says it in the beginning or at the end of verse 13. It says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, the final stage of being a mature member of the body of Christ is when we line up with Jesus. See, Jesus is that standard that we should be aiming to be like. See, when we begin to care about the things that Jesus cares about, when we begin to hurt over the things that Jesus hurts over, when we begin to love the way Jesus loves, that's how we become a mature member of the body of Christ. Now, while this final stage will never, we will never reach it as a church while we're here on earth before Jesus comes back, that doesn't mean that we as Christians can be content with anything less than that. Let me give you an example, right? Like LeBron James, let's talk about LeBron James for a second. Some of you guys might agree with this, some of you guys might not, but just bear with me whether you do or not. But in my opinion, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, and he got to that point by striving to be the best, by never being okay where he was, right? Like when LeBron was in high school, he was a beast. He was dunking over everybody. Like he was totally dominating the sport and he wasn't okay with that. See, he didn't just wanna be the best high school player. He wanted to be the best NBA player. So when he got to the NBA, he was also a beast. And like he started performing super well and he ended up getting championships, but he wasn't just content with that. See, even now when LeBron really, he's close to the end of his career, he's still getting better. And the reason is, is because he's not content 
where he is. And see, if LeBron can do that for basketball, we as Christians should do that for striving to be mature members of the body of Christ. We can't be content with the knowledge we have. We can't be content with the relationship with Jesus that we have. We need to aim for that standard of Jesus. And so the next question is, if maturity is a process and that's the final stage and I need to reach that final stage, how, how do I do that? How do I begin the process? How do I make steps to get to that final stage? And see, the way we do that is answered in the beginning of verse 13. It says that we are to be united as believers, be united in Christ, and that we gain a knowledge of the Son of God. You see, when we mature as Christians and we unite with one another, when we experience Jesus, that helps us unite with each other. And in turn, uniting with each other allows us to unite with Jesus. And then when it talks about the knowledge of the Son of God, that isn't just like this knowledge of who Jesus is, right? It isn't just like knowing facts about Jesus. Like, yeah, I can have a knowledge of Jesus. I can know where he was born. I can uh, know how tall he was. I can know this is when he died. This is where he died. But see, this knowledge that this verse talks about isn't just purely that, but it's having this personal involvement with Jesus. That's the kind of knowledge this is talking about, a personal involvement. And the best way for us to have a personal involvement with Jesus is through serving. Because serving is one of the biggest characteristics of Jesus as a person. I mean, it was the whole reason that Jesus came to earth, right? We read in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. See, when Jesus came down to earth, he didn't gain anything for himself, right? Like he didn't gain stature. He didn't gain uh, royalty or nothing like that. Jesus came purely to serve us. So when we serve, there's no better way to connect with Jesus than that, than to experience the characteristics of Jesus, So let's continue on in verse 14. Verse 14 says this, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and in deceitful schemes. See here, Paul explains to his readers, he explains to us why why it is important that we are mature members of the body in Christ. And that brings me to my second point, which is maturity is essential. Maturity is essential. And I know the word essential in this day and age is kind of like a trigger word, right? Like we're in the middle of this pandemic. And like, so we're trying to uh, limit the amount of human contact we have with each other. So we shut things down. But the real question is, what is essential? What is absolutely necessary that we keep open? And that's a big debate. People argue about what is essential, what isn't essential, and all that sort of stuff. But essential means that it is absolutely necessary. So see, what Paul is saying here is it is absolutely necessary for Christians to mature. See, Paul calls his readers, Paul calls us to no longer be children. And see, this connects directly with the idea of being mature, right? If, If maturity is the final stage of this process, 
then being a child, being an infant is the very first stage. So you got to go from being a child to being mature. And Paul is saying that it is essential because when we're children, when we're children in our faith, we don't really know, know much, right? We might know a little, but we don't know much and we need to gain more understanding. We need to gain better knowledge of the son of God. See, when we're born, we are children. We don't come out born and we're a 35-year-old, ready to start our career, ready to start a family. No, we have to mature. And see, as Christians, we're considered a child when really we first get get saved. When we first come to this understanding that, hey, me, Nick, I am a sinner. And because I'm a sinner, I deserve death and I need a savior, and Jesus is that savior. And that's a great understanding to come to, right? Like, that's the best understanding we can come to because before we have that understanding, then we have no hope. Like, we're just dead to our sin. And if you don't have that understanding yet, or you're just now coming to that understanding, that's great, that's amazing. Like, let's talk. Let's talk after this service. I'm here to talk about that. Uh, Mike's here to talk about that. Kelly's here to talk about that. The youth coaches in the back of the room, they're here to talk about that. But see, that's just the starting point. That's just our starting point. When, when you get saved, it's not like, okay, I'm saved now. I understand who Jesus is. I understand that Jesus came and died on the cross for me. I'm good now. I don't need to come to church. I don't need to learn anything else. I don't need to read my Bible like I'm good. I have that understanding. I'm saved. That's not the case at all. See, we have to mature. And it's essential that we mature that we mature because if we don't, then like children, we will be easily deceived. And now any of you guys who might have younger brothers or sisters or even younger cousins than you, you know that children are easily deceived. See, for example, when I was younger, I used to believe that the moon was made out of cheese, okay? Like legit thought it was true. And see, I thought it was true because uh, we, we used to watch this, this movie that we had on VHS back in the day, me and my family. It was, it was a movie called Wallace and Gromit. And really, it wasn't even like a movie. It was just like three short little movies on VHS, but we would watch it, and I loved it. And in one of these shorts... Wallace and Gromit were like huge fans of cheese. And like they, they spent the episode just eating cheese and crackers and loving cheese and crackers. And then they come to find out that, hey, the moon is made out of cheese. So they build a spaceship to travel to the moon just to get the cheese that, is, that the moon is made out of. And so me, being a kid, being a child, I say to my parents, hey, is the moon actually made out of cheese? And my parents, being the great loving, amazing, nurturing parents that they are said, yes, the moon is made out of cheese, Nick. And me being a child, I just buy it, right? I don't question it. I'm like, really? How does that work? Like how, how did all the cheese get up there? Like I didn't question it at all. I just bought it. I said, all right, sweet. The moon is made out of cheese. And for the longest time, like I legitimately believe that until one day I'm just like sitting in my room and I'm like, you know what? There's no way that the moon is actually made out of cheese. See, I'd finally matured to the point when I, where I understood that, hey, that, was, that wasn't true. That was wrong. And see, like, that, that's a cute little story, right? 
Like, that's cute. Oh, Nick, he was young. He used to think the moon was made out of cheese. And that's fine as a child. But if I was standing before you here today trying to say, hey, listen to me. The moon is made out of cheese. Go and tell other people that the moon is made out of cheese. Then we'd have a little bit of an issue. Then you could probably, well, you should look at me like I'm crazy and probably even just walk out the room if I was telling you that. But see, it's not appropriate anymore because I've mature. I shouldn't be like a child. And see, while that's just a cute and funny story, and really it's harmless, it's not harmless when we have immature views of Jesus, when we have immature understandings of the gospel. See, when we're immature Christians, when we we haven't matured, we are easily deceived by false teachings. See, a immature Christian might hear this idea, might, somebody might come up to them and say, hey, there's more than one way to heaven, right? Like, you have Jesus. Jesus is how you're going to get to heaven. But these people over here, they believe something else, but, and that's okay because there's more than one way to heaven. And an immature Christian might hear that and think, okay, that sounds good. That's inclusive. That's loving. Like, I have my way. These people have their way. And that's okay. I don't have to try and turn them away from that. But see, that's dangerous. See, a mature Christian hears that and knows the truth of John 14, 6, that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And they understand how this idea is dangerous and how this idea actually sends people to hell. Another example, an immature Christian might hear someone say, hey, you don't need to go to church. Sure, you can, but your relationship with Jesus, it's personal. Like, you, you don't need to go there. Like, you can read the Bible on your own. You can uh, pray on your own. You don't, you don't need the church. Like, you're okay. And an immature Christian might hear that and think, okay, I, I guess that makes sense. I, I can read the Bible on my own. I don't need to go around other people to read the Bible. Like, that makes sense. So, cool, I can sleep in on Sundays. I, I don't have to do all of this stuff with other people. I can just keep it personal. But see, a mature Christian understands the importance that the church plays, the importance that a body of, believer, body of believers plays in a Christian's life and growing them in Christ. You see, as Christians, we need to not, stay the same. We can't be Christians and stay the same. Because if we stay the same and we stay immature, then we do not have a solid foundation to stand on. And let me read a few verses from Matthew 7 to help you understand the importance of a solid foundation. We're in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, and it says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. See, when we as Christians, when we as a church stay immature, then we are a house that has been built on the sand. 
and we are easily destroyed and easily torn down. And that, that is why it is essential that we grow. It is essential that we no longer be childish, but we be mature. And now we're going to go to the final verses I have for you guys. And that's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. And it says this, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Which brings me to my final point, which is the evidence of maturity is truth and love. See, in the beginning of these verses, we looked at the contrast of being mature and immature, right? Being mature and childish. But now Paul contrasts this idea of the deceitful teachings with speaking and living in truth. And see, the word for truth here is literally translated truthing in love. And that's a verb. It's an action. And we are to take action against the deceitful teachings. But these two things go together, right? Truth and love. You can't do one without the other and be considered a mature Christian, right? A mature Christian doesn't just speak the truth and leave out the love in the same sense that a mature Christian doesn't show love, but leave out the truth. No, these two things have to go together. Truth and love go together. See, evangelism is always more effective when, the truth, when we tell the truth with love. And our evangelism needs to be effective in order to grow the body of Christ. Now, speaking and living the truth in love is not only a result of growth, but it is also a means to growth. See, as we, le- as we live the truth and love of Christ, we become more closely attached to Christ. The verse says that we literally like grow into Christ, which might sound a little weird, like growing into Christ. But what it really means is that we are conforming to the nature. We're conforming to the characteristics of Jesus so that we move the same way that Jesus moves. We love the same way that Jesus would love. And we talk the same way that Jesus talks. And we are becoming one with Christ. And see, that's what we need to do as mature Christians. And see, it's important that we grow into Christ as a body because when we do so, it allows the body to function properly. See, it's important for all of us to grow, not just me, not just you and not me, but it's important that we all grow and we all mature so that we can function as a body properly. Because when even just one part of the body doesn't mature, it causes an issue. See, we see that in our own physical bodies. Now, one thing that I started doing during this quarantine, uh, I started running as a hobby. I started running for fun, which some of you guys might hear that and be like, Nick, you've had a horrible quarantine, man. Like, if you're turning to running to have fun, like, you, you got some issues, man. Let's, let's talk. But in all reality, like, I started doing it, and before I started, like, I would have thought the same thing. Like, man, I'm not trying to run for fun. That does not sound fun at all. But it's something that I did start doing. And when I started doing it, like, I fell in love with it. 
And like, I was totally pumped about running. Like I would go out and I started and like, I was pretty slow and it hurt and it wasn't fun. But as I kept doing it, like every single week, I'd be able to run further and not only run further, but run faster. So like, I was all about it. I was pumped. And then a few weeks in, my knee started hurting. And I just kind of thought whatever, because it would just hurt towards the end of my run. So I was just like, okay, I just need to ice it. I'll be okay. But then it started hurting more during the entirety of the run. And then it even got so bad that it was hurting when I'm even just walking around my apartment. And so I'm like, okay, there's, there's really an issue going on. And see, as I came to find out, the issue was, was because at the beginning of quarantine, I hadn't been working out a lot. So my muscles weren't as strong as they needed to be. And I was pushing myself too hard, running too long, too fast, that the muscles in my, around my knee that are supposed to support my knee and help my knee as I'm running, they, they weren't mature enough. They weren't grown enough to be able to support that. So my knee was having to try and pick up some of the slack for that muscles, for those muscles not being grown, and it was causing me issues. It was actually preventing my entire body from going out on a run, and it was all just because a couple muscles here in my knee weren't grown enough. And see, the same is true for the body. See, we need to... We need to take care of ourselves. We need to mature so that the body can function properly. Because when we don't mature, other parts of the body have to come and pick up our slack. And that leads to two things. That leads to them having to neglect the role that they have to play in the body. And so that causes an issue there. And then it also, because that is not what they are supposed to do. That is not the gifts that God has given them, that they are not able to play that role as well as we would have been able to play if we had matured properly. So see, when we're unable to perform our role as the church, we can prevent the body from functioning how it should. But when it is properly supported and mature, then what we do in the body, the things we do, everything is done in truth and love, and the body will grow. And not only will the body grow, but it will better achieve the will of God. So we have to mature as a body of believers. So the question that I wanna leave you guys with today is are you ready to stop being childish and mature? Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Lost Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.